Worldview Update, bringing you closer to international or global news. Good morning. Well, confirmation now from the Kremlin that the Russian President Vladimir Putin has held a meeting that included the leader of the Wagner Group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, despite the fact Prigozhin led an attempted rebellion against Putin just three weeks ago. At the same time, this week, leaders of the NATO countries are in Lithuania for a big summit that I imagine will be dominated by the issue of Russia's war in Ukraine. Professor Abel Esterheza is an Associate Professor of Strategy in the Faculty of Military Science at the University of Stellenbosch. Professor Esterheza, good morning. Good morning. Normally, if someone leads a rebellion against you, you don't include them in meetings about your military. How do we even begin to assess what's happening between Putin and Prigozhin? Well, I was sort of expecting this because, in my opinion, um, and I'm now being proven right, um, this was this was not a rebellion against Putin. Prigozhin was unhappy about the fact that uh, the Russian military is not providing him and supporting him with the necessary equipment that is uh, needed by his forces, and so he went to Rostov to 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 sort of uh, sort the Russian military and said to them, "Hey boys." Um, Please give me the equipment um, I need. I have a war to fight. Um, I want to fight this war. My forces are ready, but you don't give me the equipment I need. And so his march to Russia, the so-called march to justice, and, and note how he he framed this as a, as a march for justice. It's a march for justice for his forces. Um, I think his, his, his turn towards Russia was just a, an opportunity target, if I can put it like that. Uh, one should keep in mind, he's, a, he's an old friend of Putin. Um, if, if Putin fails, his empire fails. Uh, so I'm not surprised. Um, in fact, I, I think this is precisely what happened, uh, that between Putin and himself, they sorted the problem out, and the problem was um, the lack of... Um, of support, uh, material support for uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Wagner forces. So is the sort of Western media reporting that this was a rebellion, a mutiny, all of that was overdone? I think so. Um, uh, uh, you, and you're absolutely right. Uh, this was, note how he framed it. He framed it as a, as, a force, as a march for justice. He went to Rostov. Rostov is the, the HQ, the headquarters of the, the southern command of the Russian military that is primarily responsible for the fighting of the war in Ukraine. Um, and so his his emphasis, his focus um, was on Rostov on Don, not not on Moscow. Um, Moscow was an, an, an a sort of a, a, a it, it it was an opportunity target. I don't I don't see this as a rebellion. And the way that Putin have treated um, this uh, since since then uh, is actually clearly reflecting this. This is not how you treat uh, a rebellion. Um, you lock people up, you put them in prison, uh, you shoot them, um, and, and Putin hasn't done that. Um, so then is um, Prigozhin still part of his inner circle? I mean, he's clearly still important to Putin. They still get on. I- I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure how they have um, what the arrangements are. Uh, you know, um, that's not quite clear as yet. Um, the one thing I know is that um, his so-called um, fled to Belarus was um, also a sort of a uh, uh, you know 
that that was just sort of put up for for Western media. I think to be quite honest, I I think he've been been running uh, Wagner all along all these these times. So I, I I think the big problem here also one should keep in mind was the the willingness on the Russian military side to bring the Wagner group into the Russian military. That that was part of, of the, the march for justice because they don't really want to be part of the Russian military. And the Russian military is sitting with a predicament because uh, unity of command and unity of forces um, is the first principle of war. Um, and so they wanted to, to bring um, the Wagner group into the Russian military and, and put them under command of the Russian military. Um, that was part of of the the reason why the Wagner group um, was was unhappy. Um, so I'm not precisely sure how they have organized the command arrangements now. I'm not quite sure what happened to Brigozin at the moment. That's a little uh, fuzzy at the moment. The NATO summit obviously dominated by Ukraine, and there's so much NATO weaponry in Ukraine now. Um, the risk of some kind of miscalculation or a sort of gradual escalation of the weapons. Is that risk still growing? Um, I don't know. You know, Jos, uh, Jens uh, Stoltenberg, the, the NATO chief, made a very low-key low key, uh, announcement a week or two ago uh, when he said, we are working on a multi-year package with substantial funding. Now, that's saying a lot of things. That is telling me that uh, the Americans, the Europeans, NATO, uh, the Ukrainians are not in a mindset of uh, negotiating for peace at the moment. Um, Russia also, I don't think, um, is is at the point where they want to negotiate. But we're sitting with a reality of um, a standoff on the battlefield where neither the Ukraine forces nor the Russians are, are making any progress. So you, you're sitting with a, a contradiction at the moment where the battlefield realities um, and, and the political realities doesn't uh, sort of align. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to handle this. Uh, Ukraine membership of NATO is perhaps one of the biggest problems they, they will have to deal with. Um, the problem here, if they allow Ukraine um, membership, um, it's a reason for, for, for Russia. They're actually playing into Russia's hand. It's precisely one of the reasons why Putin said he, uh, or for the war that, that Putin provided initially. But on the other hand, if they, if they postpone Ukraine's membership of NATO until uh, the end of the war, then it's reason for Russia to continue with the war. So we, we're sitting with an interesting political uh, scenario here where there's no movement on the battlefield. It's a limited war. Uh, for them to 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 expand the war, um, the Russians and the Americans will will have to to come to the table in a in a mobilized way, and they're not willing to do that. The Americans are still very much worried about what is going on inside Russia. They don't really want a change of the, re the regime. Uh, they want a stable Russia. That's in their interest. It's keeping the Chinese at bay in in on the the Russian East Front. 
So um, I don't see the the cards aligning here for a negotiated peace in in the short uh, in in in, the, mm. in a in a sh- over a short period. Professor, thank you, Professor Abel Easterhays is an associate professor of strategy in the Faculty of Military Science at Stellenbosch.